Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests. And unbiased reviews Suburban kids The hipster street dudes All can learn something new Me too I heard words with no faith is empty I stayed the course Though my haters tempt me Beep the podcast That'll make them envy It ain't too trendy It's ACMG Anime, comics, movies, and games Come on and let's get it Talk time Anime, comics, movies, and games Come on and let's get it Talk time Anime, comics, movies, and games Come on and let's get it Talk Time. Anime, live. comics, movies, and games to come on and let's get it. Talk time live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back and happy new year. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, welcome to the first. Talk Time Live podcast of the new decade, of the next 10 years, if we even last this long or whatever happens regardless. But we are here to talk about all that has happened in the last decade with our Best of Decade series. Our, uh, myself and the ACMG Facebook group, the members there did a vote in, and we're going to talk about the results from that. You, I've, I'm going to find you to be very surprised at some of the results uh some not so surprising but you know we had a league of you know voters that chimed in put their two cents in and voted and we're going to talk about that you know some whether i agree with some of them whether i don't but we're it's going to be all here and this is all we're going to talk about because there's no real big news has happened unless you're a wrestling fan uh wrestle kingdom has come and gone i believe and speaking of wrestling <laughs> believe it or not i love how i get to factor in the wrestling aspect because this is anime comics movies and games but if we can slide in a loophole there here and there we will our first guest 
of the new decade, of this new chapter, and off Talk Time Live of ACMG. And in fact, it will happen tomorrow, and it is with Josh Chernoff of Fight TV Sources Chernoff. Try to say that like five times fast. I know he did that on purpose, but if you guys remember, he was a guest on the show before. He is Bill Apter's protege, if you will, former protege, if you will. He's now on his own. He's doing his own thing. And this man has had the opportunity to not only do his own show on Fight TV, but also get a chance to actually do some really great things, including, I mean, interview some of the legendary wrestlers of our time, the top wrestlers, but then go on to be a part of AEW's first few runs of shows doing pre-shows and pre-show interviews for the shows uh, with like Darby Allen, with uh, Adam Page and, you know, the Bucks and Tony Schiavone. And I mean, he's done some really, really cool interviews. And for a guy who's really kind of getting off the ground, it's really awesome. And I had a chance to meet him on when AEW hit Philadelphia uh, in person finally after we interviewed the first time. So he's coming back on the show. We're going to talk about a look back at wrestling at for uh, 2019 as well as the state of wrestling games that had occurred in 2019 and what's coming in 2020 so we are factoring in some acmg elements into it but for the most part it will be a wrestling related episode and i'm always happy to bring that in so wrestling fans if you're listening you definitely want to tune in i'm going to be having that interview tomorrow so it'll probably get out rather tomorrow or the next day so we'll see uh, i already got the graphic promos ready and everything so uh we'll have that all set but we're here to talk about the best of the decade i decided to do the decade and not the year because there was a lot of great fandom going on in the years especially when it comes to like movies or especially when it comes to marvel fans <laughs> we got a lot of that in so but not only that from video games comic books which kind of in a sense Comic, well, video, comic book movies has grown exponentially in, in fandom from not only just comic book fan, but from crossover fame. It, it hit the mainstream in a major way, thanks to the contributions of A-list, uh, you know, actors and Oscar winning actors and such and great directors and production and, and the quality that Disney put in. But what it has done is that it kind of it kind of took down the, you know, the fandom of act, the actual comic book which it was based on. I don't believe, especially from our ACMG Facebook group aspect, there's not as much comic book fandom as it used to be like a few years back. And I think that's also one of the reasons why I stopped doing the Omega Fist tournament because it just wasn't there. Well, that plus other little other things that were going on in the background of that but um it, it i just i'm seeing a decline i'm seeing more postings of anime more post even on instagram too more posts of anime more postings of uh movies more postings of everything but not too much of comic books and it, it really it scares me i don't want to see because it's this it's the source of why we have these movies and everything and there are some things that are coming back out and judging by the the actual results of that aspect i am slightly worried about it because out of all the categories that were that were voted on that was the least and 
it leads me to believe and there's a lot of categories each one of the categories had about up to like four like 30 maybe over 30 to 70 or 80 different you know things to vote on as to what you thought so when it came down to the comic book side there weren't that many and that that spoke to me right there so i'm really interested in seeing you know what this is gonna do for the comic book industry because there were some there were some really good um comic books that came out this year alone and uh i've actually started reading a few myself like house of x and power of x were really good i'm surprised that that didn't get picked but you know i mean there, there's some really good ones out there right now i'm trying to get my um get myself immersed back into the comic world but they, they, we haven't had that boom period that we had in the 90s with you know fantastic artwork um some great stories that were out there and people claim that the stories weren't as good i i I beg to differ on that there were some really good stories in there um i think the writing now is better i think the writing is much better now i i will admit in comparison but it was not to say that it is bad it's not to say that it's bad at all so i would much you know i would like to see a blend of all that come back so hopefully we will but everything else it was just, it's there especially we got the, the categories that we have uh are based on some of the five categories that we'll be talking about here um let's run that down that is best anime of the decade that is best game experience and that means uh your gaming experience uh was it from playstation was it from uh xbox which is from pc uh you know game um not game boy um nintendo switch 3ds um anything that was within the timeline of 2010 to 2019 and i have to stress that it had to been within that time frame because one of the votes that actually did win was disqualified from this poll because of the date of its premiere and i'll talk about that as well um so you know game experiences even the google stadia <laughs> which ticket no votes i'm just going to spoil that right now uh so i don't think that system is going to last long yeah we also had i digress we also had the best comic book tv show uh series we also had the best um comic book and manga series i combined those together because they're the same they're just they're they're produced differently in a sense but they're all at the end of the day manga and comic books are the same thing it's just one's in black and white and the other one and the other one in reverse read and the other one is in color so uh you got best movie which you know i, I won't need a you don't need a crystal ball to predict the obvious on this one um best game and those are the categories that we're going to be talking about here so let's start with the best anime and this i you know at first this surprised me the the first this category just really surprised me from a standpoint of um when i think anime this year and what really made an impact i thought dragon ball super was definitely going to be the one that was going to win and in fact it was not it to this to its credit it was tied it was actually tied with one punch man uh in that case my hero academia one which here's the thing i'm surprised but not surprised at this my hero academia before the announcement of a new dragon ball series came out and while naruto was ending everybody believed that my hero academia was going to be the one to take the throne as the as the new anime in town as the new top anime so 
seeing the vote being the majority of My Hero Academia by far, uh, over you know, by, the votes was by far overwhelming uh, for this. I'm not surprised at how this went about. So My Hero Academia did win uh, for Best Anime, and it makes sense because I don't see any... I mean, One Punch Man was great, but it's like... Eh, it's kind of it's kind of a thing it i it's a it's a character to me of a actual anime series um it is not to be taken too seriously as to what like my hero academia is or what dragon ball is or what naruto or baruto or hunter x hunter is um so yeah it, it i i see it happening um Ideku is going to be like a really big deal in the next few years. All, uh, All Might alone was a big lore for people, you know, and, and, the, and the premise of them being superheroes in school, learning to be better heroes. is a really good thing. And a lot of quirky characters in there. So I definitely I'm not I'm not surprised at the results. There's nothing really controversial about that at all. I totally agree with that. I, I have no problems with that at all. And I was one of the people who voted for that as well. So that's that um move on to the next category which is best highly acclaimed movie out there of the decade and out of 47 selections the acmg members voted unanimously for avengers affinity war that was the actual like honest to goodness like i knew that was going to win it was I was wondering if Endgame was going to win. Surprisingly, that made number three. Number two was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and respectfully so. If anything was going to possibly beat Infinity Wars, it probably would have been that for one reason. One, that won an Oscar. Two, just it was such a beautifully done film. It was such a great love letter to everything that was Spider-Man, whether it was Peter Parker himself, Miles Morales, or anything in any, the Spider-Verse in general. And they did it so right. They had it so many different art styles to it. It was so great. The appeal, the fanfare, everything to that movie was so awesome. But if anything was going to beat that movie, it was damn sure going to be Infinity War, which was a 10-year journey that people were wondering, was this going to pay off? Was this going to meet the standards that we expect when we read the Infinity Gauntlet? Man, did they supersede that. Did they supersede that entirely? And what even made it better was that this was just part one of the entire saga. And to top it off, it ended with the bad guy winning. You also had Josh Brolin, who who was phenomenal. I mean, you got probably, he's going to go down as probably one of the greatest villains of all time. Bar none. Especially when it comes to comic book supervillains and, and movies. Definitely. But just not even just that greatest villain of all time, because his portrayal, there were times where people thought that Th- uh, Thanos was a bit of a crybaby. He was, uh, some say a pussy to some extent. I would say he was not. I never, I always had a, a Megatron vibe when I used to read him in the comic books. I never thought of him as that. But then again, if you guys ever, if you guys have Disney Plus and you watch the silver the silver surfer um animated series that came out in the 90s i i never really watched that series i've been watching it recently for the like some of these episodes i watched for the first time much like i did with x-men for the first time which i think i'm gonna start reviewing some of these uh old uh cartoons from um these saturday morning cartoons from uh the 90s that was done by marvel 
And I got a chance to see Thanos for the first time in the anime series before they did, um, you know, the recent Avengers shows. Why they make him sound like such a wuss? He, oh my God, he sounds like, he sounds so Shakespearean in there. So I can, I get now why people thought he sounded, he came off like a wuss. I get it now. I totally, totally get it now. Um, but thank goodness they revamped him. They kind of rebooted him in a sense and gave him a more, you know, uh, epic type of, you know, persona, a char- you know, his character development was totally revamped and Josh Brolin was perfect for it. And they just made him a badass from this point on. So thank goodness for that. But his betrayal on air was just so great. They made him, they made him the, really the biggest villain ever and the most the most challenging thing that Avengers has ever faced even without the gauntlet even before the gauntlet how he beat up the Hulk (laughs) that 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 told that spoke so many volumes of how big of a badass he was going to be and how much a big how much of a threat he was going to be in this movie and by the end of the movie and while we enjoyed seeing everybody in the movie when everybody faded out when he snapped those fingers and by the end it just it, it left with a such a deafening calm in the theater that when people left out of the theater at least especially my theater actually not just my theater because i watched this twice i watched this uh, twice in the theater in two different theaters and each time people left out like it was a funeral and it was so different from all the other times when we watched a marvel movie people left out with such happiness, which with with such vigor, with such excitement, like you just went through a roller coaster ride. This time around, the whole mood was changed, and you came out of there feeling like, no, it cannot end like this. <laughs> it cannot end like this. I just, you felt like you just saw, you witnessed a massacre, and you came out of there feeling like that. And that's the way they wanted you to feel. But you still came out of there feeling like you watched a hell of a show. Like it was like you felt sad but you didn't feel unsatisfied. And that's what I loved about how they led you, how they they led you into the movie, how they led you out of the theater. It was it's just such an awesome thing. So absolutely deservingly so, that got it. Uh, also, honorable mentions, you know, the top five of this, and I'm really happy about this. Um, like I mentioned, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was number two, well, yeah, number two, number three, Avengers Endgame, respectfully. Number four, Black Panther, respectfully. Number five, Jordan Pills Get Out. Absolutely. I I said it many times, I am not a fan of thrillers. I'm not a fan of horror. But the way Jordan Pill draws you into these movies, even if you're not a fan, you, because there's, it it becomes more than just what what you see it is. And that's what I think that I was so intrigued about watching that his movies, both this and us. I was so intrigued. It's very Hitchcockian, if that's even a term. <laughs> it's, you know, it really comes off as Hitch, uh, um, Alfred Hitchcock or even The Outer Limits or even like, it's genius, regardless, whatever you want to do, whichever term, Twilight Zone, whichever um, comparison you want to give to it, it's genius. This is from a guy who also is a great comedic writer and a comedic performer, comes up with this. Jordan Peele 
can be the next Ron Howard in the next few years and then become the Jordan Pill, in which somebody else will be the next Jordan Pill to him. But he, I mentioned Ron Howard because Ron Howard was also an actor that somebody came out, Rob Reiner too, two guys who were actors in some of the, in some of the most iconic legendary TV shows of our time. And went out to become some of the biggest, biggest and best directors of our time as well. Jordan Peele has the highest potential of becoming that in the next decade coming so. So I'm really glad that that was voted number five there out of the 38 choices that were made from there. Um, moving on to, let me see, we got Holly Clay movies. This is going to be interesting. Best video game of the decade. All right. This one out of 76 choices, the ACMG Facebook group proudly made Zelda, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, the best of the decade. And I could not agree more. I cannot absolutely agree more. Um, I We spoke about this before. It made uh, Game of the Year when it was out. And I think... It was such a revolutionary game. And the funny part is that this game was voted best of the decade strictly from our ACMG group, strictly from a game system that is not as powerful as the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox. And this game came out, said, this is what we have. This is what we're doing. And actually, the gameplay, very similar to others, but yet made it revolutionary for its own. A non-loading world open world that you could go around to at all time places you could climb it it felt like they made it feel like you were so engulfed into the world you didn't even need uh, virtual reality gargles this game was so virtual realistic in its own right without even using gargles it was just so awesome it was a very awesome experience it was a religious experience if you will i can't find myself playing that game again on the fact that i may actually be so drilled in and the art i mean but not only just the gameplay the artwork the art style the challenges the the move sets everything just felt like you were earning you were truly earning a great experience uh and by the end of it it paid off majorly and then with the expansions and such uh, i you know it's just such a great game i'm so looking forward to um breath of the wild too i it it that I, I just Nintendo really kicked it off. There was a reason why they waited for that game to come out when the Switch came out, and I'm glad it did. This is a clear test of, you know, this better be worth the wait. And in fact, this was so that got top pick for best of the decade, deservingly so. Um, which is funny too because when Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild came out, there was this big, big, big debate about between PlayStation owners and and uh, Nintendo owners because while Breath of the Wild came out you had uh, Horizon Zero Dawn that came out as well Horizon Zero Dawn was very similar to Breath of the Wild but it lacked it was a it, it was in, in comparison it was limited there were some things that you couldn't do on Horizon Zero Dawn that you absolutely could do on uh breath of the wild simple things i mean just like you know the gliding aspect from place to place you had that you had um you were able to what else were you able to uh, teleport you were able to climb walls the, the 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 weather climate 
the weather climate on Breath of the Wild played a huge factor on what you wore, on how you like if you wore clothes and and you were in a desert that were t- that were too hot, it'll drain your energy. If you wore clothes that weren't warm enough in the win in the, in the like wintery areas, in the snow areas, you're gonna freeze it up. You're you're gonna deplete your energy. So it played on some realistic factors. Something that you know Horizon Zero Dawn did not do. And I had people that were arguing down and, and lying, saying that they actually played it and it didn't compare. And I knew that was bull. I knew that was entirely bull about that. And in fact, as we vote on, as we voted on these, you know, these games, I believe Horizon Zero Dawn was like voted very low or not at all, if I'm correct. So yeah, it was voted. Yeah, it was the the votes for that game was very low. It was very low. It was a don't get me wrong. It was a great game. Aloe was a great character. But when you give it the overall feel, Breath of the Wild was the overall better game. And in fact, when you come to the decade, there were games that were actually better than that. In fact, you know, if we go down to our top five of this category, The Witcher 3 was number two for voters. God of War was number three. And Marvel Spider-Man was number four, thank goodness. Because that was one of my all-time favorites. Mortal Kombat X. Mortal Kombat X was number... um, was number five that's an interesting one and you know what that might be my fault because i didn't put mortal kombat 9 on there quick enough for people to vote possibly but i almost think me personally mortal kombat mortal kombat 9 was the better one because they actually rebooted the entire like if you've been if you've been playing mortal kombat from the very first one to annihilation or armageddon was it it was armageddon if i'm correct annihilation was i think the um the actual movie but i think armageddon was the last one before they did the reboot but they rebooted the entire series in a days of future past type of way and it was one of the best reboots of anything i've ever seen the the, what ed boone did to his own his own creation it was such a great rewrite and it, it in effect made it even better so to me mortal kombat 9 should have been in my case that's my vote for the for for the better mortal Kombat. mortal Kombat 10 was good it, it but i you know the whole cage thing was eh. um but all, honestly if if i had to pick between the three new mortal Kombat's that came out i think mortal Kombat 9 would be my first uh mortal Kombat 11 would be my second and mortal Kombat 10 would be my third from there but that's what they pick and i respect it wholeheartedly it's still a great game regardless um Funny thing, I'm playing The Witcher 3 now. After all the votes that we got from the ACMG uh, Facebook group and the members there voted Witcher 3 as number two. So I, I've always heard everything about it. It was the game of the year uh, at one point. And I decided to check it out on a Switch, which by the way, it looks and plays phenomenal on a Switch. This is one of the games that is like, yeah, if you played The Witcher 3, or even if you haven't played The Witcher 3 like I haven't, and you own a Nintendo Switch, this is a great on-the-go game that you could take on the road and play for hours on end. And there's, you know, there's so much content in there. It is, it is, so far, I am really, I am really enjoying it. I am really impressed with how the play, uh, with the Nintendo Switch has been able to uh, carry with this. And I tell you what, I, I, I really, really, really enjoy this game. However, 
when I played Spider-Man on a PS4 and I played God of War on a PS4, which have some similarities, I feel like, well, I, I, I kind of feel like I want to put Spider-Man out there because I'm kind of biased. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan, so I'm kind of want to be biased on this, but I'll put game uh, God of War, even though this is not my favorite God of War game out of all the God of War games that I played. It's still a phenomenal game. All of them, these games deserve, you know, uh, game of the year nods. But God of War, to me, poses as a more epic experience. Now, people will try to say, yeah, but the game experience is a longer. It, it you know, it, there's a lot, you know, more you could do in the game. I beg, I will argue that by saying quality versus quantity. Even though Spider-Man and God of War and games like that are, you know, not as long. Does they even with the expansion packs, they don't provide that much, you know, length of gameplay. The impact that it has, the quality that it has, the storytelling, all of that. It's especially God of War. God of War epic. It it, it has a range of being like from epic to really epic, but then it changes up on different things that you do in the game. And that's always so great. The art direction is phenomenal. The voice uh, acting is phenomenal. Actually, the voice acting is phenomenal on both ends. Um, but the graphics is just great. The quality of the game is great. Um, what you could do in the game is so epic. The way that the game, I think the the move set of God of War is way more diverse than um, Witcher so far. Now, granted. Again, I'm still just getting into the swing of things and things are starting to pick up, but I felt, I feel right now so far that Witcher 3 is very uh, slow paced in comparison to the others. Uh, the other that I mentioned, even Breath of the Wild when you throw that in, it, it's the pacing of it is very slow. The leveling, uh, RPG elements and leveling is very slow. So, but it's not to say that I'm not enjoying it. I just feel like I enjoyed those games better, but again, Shout out to our ACMG members. They made their choice and they made some great choices. I don't disagree with any of the votes in this at all, um, but that's the top five of that venture. So I am uh, overall at the end of the day, I am very glad that uh, Breath of the Wild made it because it was very deserving of it. What they did. And it is funny because I'm not I, I play Zelda games, but I'm not a I, I say this, but I have so much Zelda crap in there and i try to say i try to say i'm not a zelda fan but i find myself being a zelda fan <laughs> i have zelda items here i've had the orb in it and in, in my office here i have the i have a bag from the nintendo new york store of zelda so i i don't know why i'm not admitting that i'm a true blue zelda fan but i haven't beaten or brought every zelda game to say that i'm a zelda fan like i'm a true blue zelda fan i'm a fan but not a i guess i'm not a, like a super fan if you will, I, I never, understand. I'm more of a street fighter fan than I am a like Zelda fan. Like no doubt. I am such, I'm a dragon ball fan that I'm more of a Zelda fan. Like I'm more fan, but I keep finding myself playing these damn games every single time. So it, that's, that's just the gist of it right there. So, um, so you know, kudos to Nintendo and the whole entire cast. Yeah, they did a great job as, as always. And it helped if that game really helped bring some eyes in the, ears and some money to nintendo for the switch it really it is it it, it it really stepped up the game <laughs> no no pun intended on that one so next category we have here is going to be best 
comic book manga series of the decade. Now, if you guys remember, I was just talking about, this had the least votes out of 56 selections out here. I am surprised. I think there are more, I what I'm reading here is that there are more manga readers than there are actual comic book readers, which is still good at the end of the day, but what does that say for the US brands out there? But once again, out of 56 selections, My Hero Academia was also voted best manga of the decade. I'm not arguing that either because I, I was one of the people who was reading My Hero Academia before the actual animated series came out. And I was I was tooting the horn of that as well, saying like, this is gonna be a big deal. And obviously it is because our votes speak for itself. So that became one also. Number two, Dragon Ball Super. Number three, Baruto, Naruto Next Generation, was also that. Uh, Attack on Titans number five, uh, number four, and Monstrous by Image. Monstrous was the only American comic book that was voted within the top five. I mean, we got them down, like House of X, um, Power of X, uh, Saga, which everybody always talks about, The Wicked and Divine, I mean, uh, you know, we uh, we got it. We we mixed both Batman, Superman, all that. Daybreaker, uh, Day Tripper, um, FF by Marvel, Hawk. I mean, we laid it down. But most of the votes were from manga. What does that tell you? And and like I said, the votes weren't that many in this category either. So that kind of says a lot there for that. I don't know. I'm hoping for a a turn to come in 2020 in hopes that we get a revamp of comic book readers and actually not just comic book readers folks i hope that we get a resurgence of people reading because that's the thing that is lacking we don't read and i'm you i'm including myself even though i read a lot but i i like to involve myself as a whole overall we don't read enough this is a very short, to, with, the, with the decade, with this past decade it showed us is that we become such a short attention span society. And when you become, when you have a short attention span, you cannot say that you are a scholar. You cannot say that you are, you know, intelligent, that you're even educated. I beg, I, I highly argue that because people tend to go on social media and claim that they, they may, they they look, they look and they read headlines of articles, but don't read the articles and automatically make judgments based on it. And some of the arguments is that the issues in the articles may not be, you know, legit. Sometimes they are, they don't provide all the details, but you won't know that until you read the damn article or you read thoroughly or you research. And there's been a lot, you know, there's been a lot less of that. And when I see the results of this category, this speaks volumes to me that we need more we need to start reading more we need to go back into reading more we fell into the twitter you know deal which was at you know before the before the decade started it was 120 and people were only reading 120 and this is where that short attention span uh, era started kicking in because of social media and everybody wanted to just you know category you know just sum up everything in 120 uh, characters you really can't um then it became 240 and now it, it's weird because now people don't want to read 
and paragraphs. They don't want to read intelligently, but they want to be recognized as intelligent. So hopefully from 2020 and from 2030, hopefully we'll get to back to that, you know, reading thoroughly and be more, be a little bit more intricate and, and, and uh, to pay more attention to detail in reading. And hopefully that also means that comic books will become a resurgence again. And I don't want to say that that means that comic book movies decline, but I want to see that we do both. We enjoy what we see on the films, but we also read what is in. And we got people who are trying to defend it, but it's like a minority of people. It's not enough. One person, and sometimes, sometimes one person can't make a difference. It, it will require a bunch of people. So when you're quoting online, when you're going online and commenting saying that, well, I read it, and you're saying it in the emphasis that like I, meaning you're the top you're the totality of all no that's not the case unfortunately it's not the case if that was the case then you know lives lives would be better i guess in a sense but notice you're just at the end of the day reality is you're one fragment a speck of a fragment towards millions of people out there who may not be doing it you're you're a minority of people who are not doing a certain thing and reading is a very important thing that we should do, you know? It's just not. We rely too much. I really hope that changes. Um, and at the same time, I hope Marvel starts making better comic books. Because that was one of the best where that was one of the things I think helped decline it as well, is that there were some storylines. I remember when we first started doing Talk Time Live and you know, um we did the what was that? Um, the uh, Digital Long Box podcast with myself and, um, you know, former, you know, uh, co-host Lou Johnson. And we were reading books that were declining, that were absolutely declining in, 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 in its uh, own thing. I mean, it was it, the, the writing was declining. It was they were going in directions that didn't feel right. It, and, and not only that, they kept doing epic sagas every summer. And I'm like, you don't have to do blockbuster sagas every single summer. It does not have to be. So, but DC's writing and DC's books were, I thought was better, even though I'm not really a big DC fan like that. They they did have some better books, better writing. Um, the arts, the artists over there was a little bit better too. So I am hoping to see some, some of that, you know, come about in 2020, see what happens from there. So, but that's all of the category. Manga seems to run wild in the ACMG um, Facebook group here. Um, the next category is best comic book TV series. Now, this is very interesting. This is where the controversy came about because there were 35 selections here. And the last decade, we had some really, really good comic book TV shows, not just comic book movies, but Thanks to the CW, thanks to Greg Berlanti, we had some really great shows. Uh, the Flash, Arrow to really, Arrow started off really. Um, we had Arrow start off everything. Then we had The Flash. Then we had Legends of Tomorrow, and um, now we spawning out Batgirl and Star Girls coming, and um, we, you know, it's all culminating to uh, what we saw from the uh, Crisis from Crisis on Infinite Earths, which has been phenomenal so far in my opinion and a lot of people's opinion a lot of us at the acmg facebook group really dug it um but at the end of the day there were some other really great shows outside of the dc universe marvel did some for netflix we had uh recently recently 
uh, that just snuck up on us. We had um, the Umbrella Academy. We had um, that was from Netflix when they when they had when they ended the relationship with Marvel, um, and that held up to be pretty damn good. We also had Daybreaker, which got canceled really quick. We also had The Boys from Amazon. So we, I mean, there were other shows that were coming out. Um, we had The Walking Dead from AMC. We had Preacher. There was a you know a big market for you know really great t- quality comic book based tv shows and we did we had some big ones but here's the thing at the end of the day there were five and at, at the top of that there was one choice that won all of this and the original winner of this was the boondocks now here's the bad part about it the boondocks actually got disqualified and I didn't realize this, but the Boondocks, unfortunately, where is it? Where do I have it here? Yeah, the Boondocks uh, premiered in 2010. So it actually did not, what, what, let me see. No, 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 actually, I'm sorry. It, 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 it premiered in 2005. So the, the rules of the vote was that it had to be within 2010 and 2019. Now, if you really think it it it, it premiered, it had its uh, world, um its you know premiere because it, it went on hiatus for a while due to some uh, issues, uh, studio issues with Aaron McGrudder and the rest of the you know uh, studios, uh, not giving him the rights to do stuff or whatever. I forgot the controversy of that, but it did premiere in 2005. It came back in 2010 and again in 2014, but it was also the Epis the seasons that people hated the most. So, because of that, it got disqualified. And in fact, the the new winner of that category was in fact Daredevil. And again, I have no problem with that because Daredevil really, I mean, like Daredevil was so awesome. Not only that, all three seasons that it lasted had it had a really strong beginning the second season was great because it added the punisher to it and not only that with that season it also brought in a little bit of fanfare for hardcore comic book fans in which for the first time ever for the very first time ever and there's been times kingpin has been seen in the ben affleck version of daredevil he's been seen in other forms but we never got to see and we've seen Punisher in different formats, too. We've seen Punisher with his own movies. Three movies, to be exact, that he was in. And lo and behold, for the first time ever, the Kingpin got into a confrontation, got into a confrontation and finally met up with the Punisher. It was one of the most memorable moments of the entire second season. Because if you're a comic book fan of Marvel, you know that the reason for the Punisher is Kingpin. He is his mortal enemy as much as it was, uh, as much as it is for, um, you know, Matt Murdock. So that was a huge, and I mean huge, huge, huge moment in that series. And it meant, the hype was met with that one. Not only that, the, uh, the uh, I forgot, let me go back to find out the actor's name, uh, because he, he, to me, deserves a lot of credit. Vincent, I uh, forgot his name. Give me a sec. Uh, scroll up here, because I know I wrote it down on the same kingpin, 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 kingpin. Uh, la, 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 la. Yes, here it is. Vincent uh, 
uh, D. Onofrio. And this the guy who played Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. Kingpin. To me, he is, in fact, the second, uh, next to Thanos. And that's saying a lot, next to Thanos. He is the second best villain in the Marvel Universe. And you can't really say Loki anymore because lo and behold, Loki became more of a, he he ended up being a hero at the end. Wilson Fisk was a villain through and through and is still alive <laughs> compared to all these guys. So Wilson Fisk is by far my second favorite villain next to Thanos, man. He, he, it would not have been, I, I don't think it would have been just as good had he not been able to portray um, Wilson Fisk the way he did. He nailed it. Nailed it. I mean, made he, he, he was the most feared dude. He was so feared that people were committing suicide so they wouldn't get killed by him. So their families wouldn't get affected. That's deep. That is hugely deep, man. So, yeah, uh, the show really met up. Uh, Electro was a good one, too. And then they also had the crossovers with, um, you know, Jessica Jones and, you know, Luke Cage and everything. And to me, it really met up the hype. And and all the side characters, too. Fo- um, Foggy, um, you had everybody from there. It was really well done. The series really met. And all three seasons were great. Even though they knew that they were canceling out, the third season ended with a payoff. It didn't end with a cliffhanger like they did with the uh, Runaways for some reason. I, don't, I, I, I still don't understand why they did that because it's not coming back. But... They could have ended it off the way they did and not did that one little thing at the end. But at least to that credit, Daredevil met off with a payoff. And so it ended with a start, a middle, and a finish. So I am happy about that. Um, So with Boondocks being taken off, there is a new top five. And all right, so Daredevil is the winner of this. But honorable mentions goes to Young Justice, the return of Young Justice. Absolutely, absolutely so. They came back and made a huge deal, and they, they picked up where they left off, and actually, even better, after this these last couple seasons, I can honestly say, and I've been debating this for so long, that Justice League Unlimited was, in fact, the best, and probably the best animated series, comic based on a comic book of all time. And, you know, shout out in rest in peace to the late, great Dwayne McDuffie for all of his writing and everything. But I think the baton has been tossed and Young Justice has taken that helm. I think the title, the new champion is Young Justice. What they've done with this series and how sophisticated this series has been playing off of everything that Justice League Unlimited has done. Like Justice League Unlimited was the template, I believe, for what they were doing with Young Justice. And I feel like the hype was met immensely here. Uh, so deservingly so that gets this number two number three amazon prime original the boys wow talk about a i did not think i was going to see what i saw or enjoy what i enjoyed the boys was like it took it like it took what the watcher has done and just my god these guys are not heroes at all <laughs> these guys are anything but heroes it's it was such a great dynamic storyline of this guy trying to kill all of these heroes because he you know he impregnated his wife and all of these really bad things that these heroes were doing behind the scenes but they were made to 
they were marketed to make it seem like they were gods that they were like the saviors of our land no these guys had so much dirt you know whether it was drug related whether it was murders all this stuff it was just crazy insane crazy it was literally it was kind of like injustice <laughs> it really was like injustice but at least injustice was like no we're bad guys we're, we're you should fear us these guys were like no we're trying to be your saviors but behind your back no and there was a lot of you know the main the main superhero was like you know a devout christian and uh it was it's insane <laughs> it was just insane um i'm so looking forward to the second season of that show as much as i am the marvelous miss Maisel <laughs> as well like amazon prime is finally kicking up with some really great content i thought the tick was not that good um i thought there were some other shows that could have made it but they you know decided not to go uh full gear with it and pull the trigger with it but the boys whoo that's a winner uh the marvelous miss Maisel, that's a winner that to me is a comic book uh show that is not really a comic book show but she's a hero to me um but number five and respectfully show is the watchman uh yeah it just came out but what they did for that show was very powerful um connecting it with the tulsa you know uh you know history you know bringing back real history in this and bringing back basing it on the tulsa um massacre and situation that a lot of people did not know about and people thought it wasn't real it was and it was it was horrific and the fact that they were able to bring that up in regina king's portrayal um you know in this series and all, all the actors in here was just so well done and the cliffhanger at the end i you know there's there's saying there's a saying that they may not do a second season i hope that is not true because of what happened at the end i hope that is not true i hope that they actually do because it will be such a a dis, uh, an injustice no pun intended that they don't bring this back and do a second season regina king did phenomenal with this show um she i, I really think I, I hope they bring this back i really do i want to give a shout out to the umbrella academy either because it was dark horses new uh show uh based on their comic book and you know this was the first comic book series after you know the uh departure of marvel and i felt like that with this series and especially uh shout out to mary j blige her betrayal in it it had legs to stand on so i hope that show comes back as well for a second season it looks like it will um there were plenty other shows out there i mean it's, now when you when we vote for these films for these shows and the, everything in these categories all of these categories are great books all of these books it's not to say that one was not good at all or these are some every everything that was listed in these categories were some of the best of the best of the decade it's just that at the end of the day there was always going to be one better than the other it's not to say that like the punisher wasn't great or marvel's um ages of shield or arrow or supergirl or any those are all great but there was just one at the end of the day, there's always going to be one that's better than the other. And people felt that Daredevil was. It's hard to argue. It's really hard to argue. Um, it kind of felt like Arrow, but from a rated R standpoint, they were able to do some things in Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones that you weren't able to do on a CW. You're able to do that now on a DC Universe, and Greg Berlanti is kind of doing that now with, like, Titans and all this stuff. But, there, I mean, when you compare what they did with the Defenders... 
and I'm saying the Defenders as in all of these separate shows to combine, and how they did the narratives and, and, the, and the dialogue and the story to that in comparison to what Titans is. Titans is great, but what they did, it's something about it, it was just so much, there was so much more appeal and intrigue to what they, because it felt like you can compare that to any, it was more than just a comic book t- um, series and a TV show. It was much more. It, it really carried on some realistic aspects to it that I felt that was really good. But when you watch Titans, it feels like so much like a comic book series come to life, but it still feels more like comic book than it is realistic. So, but it's not, but I love that series as well. So, uh, but Daredevil deservingly, absolutely deserves it. As Absolutely, absolutely deserves it. So, I believe the final category we have here. And this should be a short one. Best video game experience. That, my friends, go... Do you need a crystal ball to predict the obvious here? Let me drink some tea real quick while I do this. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Honestly, anybody who didn't think that PlayStation 4 was going to get this nod is, is... It's really telling themselves. You're really... They're really, like, delusional. PlayStation 4 overwhelmingly won this category for best video game experience of the decade. Deservingly so. Every year at E3, it wins best of E3. Every year, most of the games are game of the year coming from the PlayStation. They got more game of the year games than any of the games that come out. And even though Nintendo Switch, a lot of people are saying, there were people in our group that say Nintendo Switch should have won. I disagree with that. Even though I love the Nintendo Switch and I am playing it way more than I am the PlayStation 4. The Nintendo Switch has not dominated for a decade. PlayStation has deservedly. Sony has killed the video game industry with the PlayStation 4. They have, I mean, outdid themselves. Um, Nintendo Switch only came out like a few years ago. Like, I think they're going into the maybe third series, third year now. That's not enough. As well as, I mean, granted, the games that you can vote for the games, their third-party, their AAA games that they came out with to to be able to do that, but you can't really say that Nintendo Switch deserves as the best of the decade because they got a long way to go before they can really say that. Um, But, deservedly so, there was a three-way tie here because there was only, in this category, there was only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven... I didn't even put. I didn't even add mobile because I don't think mobile gaming is. It, it, I don't. I don't. I think the integrity of mobile gaming doesn't add on. I don't think it would have got voted anyway, so I never really added it. But here's the categories that I added: PlayStation 4, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, PC, uh, Nintendo 3DS because that was within a decade, Steam, Google Stadia, uh, PSP. Also, I mean PS Vita can also technically be added on, but no, it wasn't because it's not a decade. But all of those were mentioned. Um, Nintendo, like I said, Nintendo, uh, PlayStation 4 overwhelmingly. I mean, overwhelmingly did. Xbox, Nintendo, PC got equal votes for that. And that's saying a lot. And that goes to show. People who are PC owners, those master race people, those sexless geeks, <laughs> who always cry and scream on, on social media. I'm like, it's the best, it's the best. We get 1080p, 4K, whatever. Shut the hell up. Yeah, who is the who the hell is at the end of the day? I, I I don't disagree. It is a very powerful experience, but it's not the overall. I know there are some retro games that have better overall ex- 
experience of gameplay than an actual 3D, you know, rendered game on a PC with 1080p or 4p. It, it's just one person. It's a minority of people who decide that they want to have a really great hardcore game experience. So, and, and to them, the hardcore game experience is graphics. Not gameplay, graphics, not quality of the game overall, graphics. It, it's the only focus is on graphics. PlayStation 4 and Xbox has 4K as well. Um, but the frame rate is really well done on a PC. And that's that's pretty much it. But that's not that cannot be the only thing that makes a game great. That cannot. It is it's 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 a two-dimensional for them to be for people to on that that play PC. For people that play on PC to be that vague and that two-dimensional, ironically, about a 3D game experience, it, it, it bothers me. But PlayStation 4 is way more accessible. They have way better AAA games um, that, that more than just one genre would like to play. They had a lot more game experience. They had a better exclusives. I mean, they had Street Fighter V, for God's sakes. And I remember the E3 when that was announced. People were like, oh, that's over. Because Street Fighter is one of the greatest fighting games of all time. You know, at one point, it was played on everything. When it was just exclusively for PlayStation, that was the that was the beginning of the end of Xbox's uh, rivalry with PlayStation. And then, the following year, you get Spider-Man. I mean, damn. <laughs> right there. You get that, you get God of War. You get all this stuff. I mean, and that's not to say that Xbox didn't have any great games. They did. It just it just felt like it was for a niche audience. All of the games felt like it was for a niche audience and it didn't cross over. I mean, I owned an Xbox 360 uh, while I owned a PlayStation 3 at one point. I just stopped playing the Xbox. It just didn't appeal to me after a while. I ended up just like, I had, I had it collecting dust for quite some time. And it was like, you know what? I'm just not playing this game. I'm just going to trade it off. I, it was just having it for the sake of having it, just to, just for namesake. Oh, I have a Xbox uh, 360 and I have a PlayStation 3 and 4, and a, you know, at this point, I grew out of that mindset of like that pretentious mindset of like, I don't want to be that dude anymore. I don't care. I'm gonna go for what is really good, and I'm enjoying the PlayStation 4 for the time being. And now I am enjoying the Nintendo Switch. It won't be until January 17th when like. Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot comes out is when I'm actually going to go back into the PlayStation. I haven't played in quite a while. I played like uh, WWE 2K19 every once in a while, but that's pretty much it. Um, I haven't played Spider-Man in a while. I haven't played, but uh, you know, but even still, I could go back and play some really phenomenal, fun games in that system. I just haven't played in a while because the Nintendo um, Switch is taking my life at this point right now. And I feel that they're going to keep doing it in 2020s. And PlayStation, as PlayStation 5 is gearing in to come out, as the X, the uh, Xbox X series is about to come out, Series X is coming out, you know, the new gen is going to come out. How is that going to fare? We'll see. We'll see uh, soon enough. But, you know, thank you to Sony and thank you to PlayStation for all of the years of phenomenal, fun games that you've you know given us over the years i absolutely love it and shout out to all the other ones too uh take note i said i put google stadia in there i, I think just for uh shits and giggles because i knew that it wasn't gonna make it but i really feel like this year that gives the 
what I call the Zune Award. If you guys remember the Zune, the Zune was the device that was competing with the Apple iPod, and it failed miserably. <laughs> and it's just like every once in a while we get these um, devices that tries to compare with other devices. We got the Google Glass that also get got the Zune Award. I think the Google Stadia is going to get the Zune Award again. If anybody truly understands what they're doing with that, they're trying to take all your money. <laughs> and they're trying to make all of your games online reliant. No offline gaming at all. That's the dumbest, stupidest thing I've ever said. Their whole, mar their whole business plan of that game sucks. So, of that system sucks. And I know there's people who got it. The people got people who got that game got it because it was for got it for trendy purposes. Clearly, because they they wanted they can say they can afford to get that game. I I am a smart consumer i'm I, I looked at that thoroughly and i'm like one negative online reliant two they're charging you for a fee to own the stadia with the game system and a google um and it says council free no it's not hello the the google uh chromecast is a console so that is that is absolutely incorrect if you own a google chromecast you uh, i Chromecast, I hate to say that word. If you own a Google Chromecast and you need a Google Chromecast in order to play the Google Stadia, that is a game console. That is so far from a lie. Two, the other thing, the other thing too, number three, you pay a fee for this and then you have also another fee if you buy like say Uber, uh, Ubisoft's game uh, you know, streaming site or other streaming sites, EA streaming. So amongst uh, a part of you paying for that fee, you're paying other fees to play other games. So all that adds up in, in money. It's not worth it. Go out, get yourself an offline game console. <laughs> Hell, I even vouch for PC at this case. Get that because that you, it, it's not worth it. It is not worth it. I don't see that being any way successful at all. Even at E3, they never showed you how the gameplay was. They never showed you what it, you know, actual demonstration. They never gave you a demonstration of how this is going to work. That to me was a red flag alone. And there were idiots that actually went and bought it the day of their announcement. It's the dumbest thing I've ever saw in my life. And I'm sorry, I, I, I got to call whoever brought that on the day of idiots. Pretentious idiots at that. So again, thank you to PlayStation and thank you all. For taking the time to listen to the show folks that will do it for this episode for the first talk time live of the new year and the new decade as well i hope you enjoyed this episode folks again tomorrow our first talk time live exclusive is a wrestling related guest josh shernoff of so says shernoff on fight tv will be on the show to talk about the year in wrestling in 2019 as well as the future of wrestling games because wrestling even though this year 2019 was a really big year for uh, wrestling it was a turning point for wrestling but it also affected the gaming industry for wrestling as well and there's going to be a lot to be talked about this year in 2020 uh if you've been listening to the show you know exactly what i'm talking about so uh i'll have josh to talk about the year in in wrestling so if you're a wrestling fan this is for you stay tuned for that tomorrow uh it'll be out tomorrow or on tuesday depending on the situation tomorrow so um we will definitely be talking he is a pennsylvania native as well so 
Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to him. Uh, I had a great, you know, time talking to him the first time. Great meeting him at a- AEW Dynamite. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very excited to talk about him and, you know, look back at what we talked about before and what's happening, what's happened since. So hopefully, honestly, I'm hoping to do one every year. So hopefully we can make that happen, you know, for all you wrestling fans and for my own, uh, you know, pleasure too. And hope maybe we'll talk some, uh, Russell Kingdom if he actually saw that too so after this after I put this together I gotta watch the other Russell Kingdom too so no spoilers damn it so uh, thank you guys so much um, also big announcement huge announcement I forgot to mention here well I was gonna mention it now anyway as always, you can always uh, listen to this show on TalkTimeLive.com. You can always listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Podbean, and sometimes on YouTube as well. And now, you can finally, after all this time, you can now listen to this show on Spotify. We are officially at the home of Spotify. Thank you to all the people at Spotify for welcoming us in. And we are now here. So if you have Spotify, you can listen to us in here. Not only that, you can also listen to us on Apple. Um, if you own an Echo, uh, if you own an Echo uh, Show Five or one of the other Echo screens from Amazon, you can also listen to this podcast on there as well. But we're recently adding Spotify. We finally added Spotify in. So we're officially, and I said I was going to do it. It's finally here. It's the first thing I got to do for the new year. So happy new year, folks. We are on all major platforms now. And if you saw us on Instagram, uh, where I've been promoting it, you can follow us here as well. And if you're a new listener from Spotify Inland, welcome. Thank you for listening. Hopefully you will continue to listen to this show and we will have more. If you have not listened to the show before and also want to hear all of the exclusive interviews with everybody that has been mentioned on this show from our promos or uh, go to talktimelive.com forward slash exclusives and you can follow all of the interviews that we have from Mega Ran to Kyle Haber, uh, Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, Ryu from Street Fighter, uh, Ruben Langdon, who is Ken Masters from Street Fighter, who is Dante from Devil May Cry and more, um, TC Carson, the original Kratos, uh, Molly Flanagan, my good friend, uh, Naruto, uh, you know, and much more and many more to come as well. Listen to all those guys as well. Folks, we're going to have a crazy 2020. Um, there's a lot that's going to be happening. Um, I'll assure you it's going to be happening. It's, it's, as long as I'm breathing, it's going to happen. Um, again, thank you to all who listened to the show, who supported the show. And look forward to seeing this, what's going to happen in 2020 as well. The sun just blazed out in my office here. So that's a good sign right there. Um, so folks, thank you and continue to listen as well. Folks, that will do it. On behalf of myself, this is Dak Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care and have a great week and stay tuned for our first exclusive of the year. Take care.
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.